Hello everyone, welcome to another horror review. Well, finally, I feel like I've been talking about this movie for about a year now. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know, I was a bit nervous going into it because normally have a talking about the movie with the directors, producers, <laughs> some of the cast, um, reacting to the trailer for it, you know, the anticipation is building. You don't want it to be horrible and then, like, just like, oh, God, but I like these guys and that don't want to lie about it and, you know, come across. You know me, I can't put it on a false face. <clears throat> so we're talking about a came from somewhere. Uh, this is by Acrostar Film. So as you know, I've talked to these guys a number of occasions about this and uh, we've featured the sort of progress of the movie and finally got to watch it um, just before I come on here. I'll say it did not disappoint. I'm really relieved. I was worried that this was going to be farcical or fall flat or something, but no, genuinely, uh, genuinely enjoyable movie. Now, it's done in the 1950s style. There's a lot of nods and winks, and they really could have hammed it up and made it, like I said, farcical, but they didn't. Um, they use a lot of the Yeah, me too, because like I said, you know, it's all right to be um, critical of a movie and talk about stuff, but it's harder when you've actually got a face between, you know what I mean? You've actually got names and you've engaged with people, um, but I still, still have to stay objective. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not doing anybody a service. If I'm just like, oh, I like you, everything you do is great. Um, it's the same as anybody critiques my stuff. Um, I expect honestly, and not just when I hated it, but where went wrong or where something fell flat, so then I can improve. And I think that's how, I think that's the best sort of support. <clears throat> so it does exactly what it says in the tin. There's nothing hidden about the trailer, if that makes sense. It's done in that style. Um, I'm, I'll go through the prop plot sort of briefly, but I don't want to spoil it. If that makes sense. Um, it's one of those movies you're not gonna how about it? You're not gonna be disappointed if you know the plot beforehand. This is one of those movies, it's more about the experience. So what I will say is if you're not on board, basically if you're expecting your typical horror movie, if you're expecting like super modern special effects and sensibilities and all that kind of stuff you're not going to enjoy this movie, right? This is <clears throat> a love note to an era, which if you think about that time, like I grew up black and white movies and <clears throat> the limitations, you know, it took a long time. It's funny enough, like movies, <clears throat> the cinema has been around since um, the 1920s, I believe. I can't, uh, I should have maybe, one day I'll take notes and do research, but that's not the point of these sort of strange elements about reacting to a movie. I'm doing one of my deeper discussions and obviously I'll, you know, do a bit more research and stuff, but <clears throat> cinema has been around since the 1920s, maybe a bit earlier, because if you think about silent film, it took a long time to transition from stage acting because right up until the 60s, it was still performed with that stage acting in mind 
so this is one of these movies that pays homage to that you know it's that's that was the limitations the the cameras also still had to do that because you don't have the sound quality you know the the technology especially with the sound so actors were still performing as if it was on a stage to an audience <coughs> sorry excuse me for the frog in the throat before it started sorry i'm gonna uh yeah so that's all you have to bear all that in mind like i said you have you have to come in with this with the sort of love of the era and what it, the positives what it tried to do and understand the limitations and the fact that they still made movies and once again it's about the plot it's about the acting it's about um all that kind of stuff you know things the heart of the movie <coughs> So what we get here is, um, as it starts off, we've got a spaceship entering into the Earth's atmosphere. Now, I'll say this for a plot point. Um, the supreme leader of uh, Quarksar is not very bright. And is there only one spaceship in the entire fleet? Because why does one spaceship have to carry out two missions at once? You know, first of all, they're picking up this creature to bring back the multiply as an invasion force, but they're also surveying the Earth. Now, that doesn't say much about the Khazorian. Khazorian, would that be right? I don't know, probably gets uh, told off that, but the Khazorian Empire mustn't be very good if um, it has like the one ship that does everything. Did they pick it up and then just be traveling past Earth? And it's like, Supreme Leader's like, well, while you're on your way back, Look at the planet we're going to evade with the important um creature that we're going to need for the invasion because what could go wrong but the aliens man <laughs> so of course um that happens i love what they do <laughs> right the flying saucer is you know all them tinfoil plates that you gotta you know that pies are on or you buy like a pack for a quid and they're done for parties so that's the flipping saucer on a bit of strength going woo you know um but that's the way it was really done back in the day so nothing wrong there but i love the way they used like sort of it probably wasn't pathé but um it was pathé style images back then the sort of military images also they mixed that all up together to create the scene which was done back in the day as well uh what was it i remember back in watching V and no way they recycled the same four shots <laughs> or remember the Airwolf TV show where it was the same three shots <laughs> you know of Airwolf doing everything <laughs> then put some acting in between then recycle the shots this is exactly what this is uh like um the ship itself like it's something off a cheap studio and I know it's done deliberately um, the curtain at the back, the household appliances made to look like space stuff. Um, the best thing was the camera shake and the curtain wobbles. <laughs> you know, that was obviously done deliberately. Like I said, this could have fallen into farce, except the characters all played straight. Props to the characters in this, uh, the actors, because I'm sure there was plenty of giggling behind the scenes. But you had the you know great comedy 
And once again, it's not meant to be comedy, but it is. <laughs> the best way I can put it. Because they're playing straight as the movie. Think back in the day of... I'll, I'll say it. Actually, I need to watch that again, actually. Abbott Gazello meet Frankenstein. <clears throat> you have your two comedians, but you also have Boris Karloff and Bella Lugosi, and I can't remember who played Wolfman. God, I'm an idiot. But they played a straight as their characters. If they hadn't played a straight, then the whole thing would have fallen apart, and that's what you kind of need. You believe in what you're doing, but um, yeah, the the spacing, uh, you know, <laughs> coming into Crash Land was brilliant. There's... <laughs> and Quasar of Corksar is the star of this show, right? Her character is brilliant. Um, she's the reason you, you watch this movie, just to see Quasar be Quasar. Um, <laughs> what can I say? She's like uh, the one of the lieutenants of the Empire, you know, the squad leader or whatever. Um, the way she keeps that face straight the whole time and doesn't buckle. I don't know, because I don't know if I could do it. I'd, I'd need about three takes. I'm like, pff, pff, I'm actually doing this. Pff, pff. But yeah, the same when they come to crash and say, like, get into the emergency uh, crash on seats and then they both sit in two deck chairs. It also goes to show as well how much black and white hit everything. Um, think back to Lost in Space, the TV show. Remember it started out in black and white. And then moved to Technicolor. And you can tell that the studios didn't know what to do with color because that's why they said to use every color possible to hide everything because they were kind of crap themselves. Black and white, if you um, if you mask something or mute it over, you can get away with so many mistakes. And it actually shows in this movie because if that was done just straight in color, you know, moderate, you just see bits of stuff. But the black and white hue gives everything a mask and actually a reality which um good thought piece when you think of that's being done as an homage to the period but yeah this is <laughs> just done it's cheesy the the crash land <sighs> got the time got all the times people there's actually quite a range of characters. This, um, I was expecting this dumb maybe half a dozen characters, but there's actually quite a quite a few people involved in this. And a lot of inflation. Do you know what I mean? Flotation? <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's what they did back in the day with the, the effects. It was whatever uh, they could do. Because don't forget, this was like the first time sci-fi... Um, Sci-fi is a tricky one to pull off. You're trying to imagine a world. You're trying to imagine technology beyond the scope. And I'd say, actually, today, science fiction is harder than it was back then. Because I remember there was a uh, periodical magazine I got called Quest. It was a scientific mag. And I remember talking about mobile phones in the future, that it would be an earpiece, <clears throat> but you'd have to be next to basically uh, the old style phone booth, but it was like a receiver. Technology has not only caught up, but overtaken and left behind. Um, like Star Trek, let's say, say no more about that. The idea of 
what their brains just natural now. Like even the, the more modern ones, like Deep Space Nine. Remember they were going around with tablets, and that was like the modern age. Now it's nothing. Um, even though they tried, what was it, the Mission Impossible ones, or what was that other one with the uh, Snoozy Boy in it? Um, the future thing where they went back in time, stopped crying for happening, and they didn't do all the wavy stuff as if it's a screen. Sure, that's available now. So, basically, whatever science fiction is trying to imagine is either on the cusp of being invented or already in first production, or it's already out there. So, it's hard, but at least back then, you could imagine what the future was like, or <clears throat> alien transport, or anything. Um, so I think it was, I don't know, I think maybe better time to be imagining stuff, but then that's what they did. They just, you know, you might laugh at it now, but that's what they genuinely thought, they had no clue. Um, brilliant. Yeah, but to pull this off, like, they give the whole heart and feel with a wee bit of a nudge and a wink, which um, that's what you needed. But they give the nudge and a wink because they really could have done this, like, the mask could have slipped and this could have been just turned into a cheesy farce and it didn't. I think that's what kind of keeps you engaged. I think I'll say that again. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying not to go through the plot and spoil it because I want you to check it out. Link in the description, by the way. Do it. But yeah, they crash land. The creature they've gotten bored escapes. And then that's a whole, whole uh, plot then to try and find the creature to bring it back, to replicate it to bring it back to the earth in thousands because it was the first one so did they grow it and why would they grow it inside a spaceship that's that's the kind of that's the niggly bit of the plot is getting at me why did the the thing that they need to invade the earth even though they're laughing at the puny technology but the jettified shot it down <clears throat> and they're obviously their fleet isn't big enough so that's the monsters like but then that was, I suppose that was the sort of plots that came up. It's <laughs> easy to just didn't worry about continuity or nerds hadn't really been invented yet. I think the birth of the nerd came in the 80s. I could be wrong, but I think definitely um, the nerd did not exist where us saddles would sit and nitpick through every single detail. I don't think filmmakers would have survived like filmmakers from the 50s would have survived today they would have been broken because you've got these people obsess no sorry um tolkien J.R.R. tolkien that man was tortured people would have got his phone number and obviously transatlantic you know americans would have rung him at like three o'clock in the morning and stuff they ask him questions about the elvish language and stuff so yeah, the nerd uh, was definitely born, born of Tolkien. My apologies, I'm just thinking back now. But in terms of sci-fi, like this is done, um, you can picture this being a radio show. You know, and I've got a, I've got a love for those uh, old style radio shows. Uh, part of the reason I do narrated fiction because it's a, a good way to try and bring some of that back. Um, but. Yeah, the, the old uh, serial radio show where, yeah, you know, you have this episode and then they have these sound effects and it was all done live. And then it was just people's imagination. You've got that whole feel because that was the era. 
of like the radio, the TV, and this kind of stuff coming into like the mass or masses, if that makes sense. Right. Um, there's an interesting question posed during this who is the monster? Because the monster, monster does the thing. It's very similar to Frank. No, you can see the homage to Frankenstein's monster here. Especially with um, props to um, not just the fact that when I looked at the credits, half the half their family seems to be involved in this. <laughs> for Pleiades folks, but the wee girl uh, Delia or Delilah, um, she was brilliant. Especially there's a scene where she does scream. She just does a <sighs> like really proper overacting. Um, Fair play, that we got for uh, uh, for what you did. Oh, oh, oh. sci-fi stuff these days. Uh, yeah, um, even horror, horror stuff these days because of like high definition TVs. Um, good example. When we did the review of Suspiria, and what they did was, and unfortunately, the people that are doing these four K upgrades of old movies are forgetting. They just think to clean it up and then that's it, it's better. And nobody's reviewing it and going, actually, we need that greenness. Um, there's a particular scene with uh, a dog. <clears throat> and when they did the 4K restoration, it was a hand puppet. You know, it really looked like a hand puppet. So the 4K restoration actually ruined the old movie <clears throat> with the tricks and the mist and that, you know, head. The fact that it was a hand puppet and nobody this is this, this is the old question just because you can't do something doesn't necessarily mean you should and everyone's so caught up with shiny things and actually another reason why i'm enjoying this uh, movie is because it remembers the time before shiny things everyone has come so stuck up their own backsides in terms of, oh, if it's not ultra high definition, laser balling into both of my eyeballs and kicking my brain in and flashy lights, I don't want to do it. Like, it was funny enough because uh, those two young ladies, uh, Maya and Magdalena, Magdalena, who's in this, they're saying themselves that <clears throat> they have a problem. And it's definitely a generational thing that they can't watch a program without playing the phone. You, it's actually got the stage now you need that stimulus i saw it in the 90s um i used to do youth work and even back then i was still of a generation where i could sit quietly and read a book or i needed quiet to do my homework where kids were already like and this is only eight years below me needed noise if the room was silent they couldn't cope and now that's been taken up to the nth degree where it's not just audio but visual you know need constant stimulus that's why short form content is like um the shorts i put up in this channel now are doing 100 times better than this because i'm already 19 minutes and 12 seconds too long for the attention span of most people which is mental just mental how we got there and people don't know how to self-regulate anymore or dial it back and this harkens to an era where 
self-regulation and dialing back things was just part of, uh, you know, it was just part of things. It was a part of the culture and it was played out nicely. This could have been preachy, you know, updated for a modern audience. Um, thankfully it wasn't, it was playing and it wasn't done nastily. This could have been, if the wrong people had done this, it could have been just poking fun of the era and the people, which is just nastiness, I think. Um, thankfully, no, I mean, you've seen them, we've talked to them, they're good guys, they genuinely love their art. They understand the change in the world, but at the same time, there's nothing wrong. You don't have to burn everything to live a more, you know, in a modern age. It's weird. Yeah, but um, once again, back to the nastiness, like, and that's what um, this is something, and it is tied in here. At least this movie was made with love for the era and the positive. Like, no era is perfect. People think we're living in perfection now or a certain thing, but we're living in one of the nastiest times ever. Like, people proper want to destroy each other. It's freaking weird. Um, they did it with, uh, what do you call it, that stupid Amazon show. Um, I, I, I couldn't even watch it. Even the trailers were enough. Just, um, it's about power. If you give the wrong people power, they just want to tear down because they can't create themselves. That's why I always talk, when I talk about people, I talk about social media, I talk about creators, how to get past it. It's always one of the, that's why I always ask my guests, have you dealt with nastiness in social media and how did you get past it? Because I want that message out there that it's not, it's not going to destroy you. It doesn't have to stop you. These Muppets mean nothing. In the scheme of the world, they don't make anything, they don't create anything, they, they offer no value, they divide people rather than bringing people together. It's shit. I hate it. And it's now come into horror. You see Lonely's sort of idiots in horror and they're destroying um well they're trying to anyway, bring this shite in and divide people and even make it if you like this movie and not this one, or if you didn't like this remake or that, and you're like, really? And horror's always been full of all the weirdos and outcasts, and uh, nobody cares because it's, if you like what you like, you know, it's because the revulsion nor normies have against horror and horror fans, we accept anyone if you love what we love. It's the whole thing with nerd culture, which is weird why these people have latched on nerd culture while simultaneously hating it. And I thought sci-fi is completely destroyed, but uh shamelessly. So it's good to see that. And this is done wholesome. Oh, by the way, um, no boobies. <laughs> Supposed to make that point. We've had two movies in a row with all heavily featuring boobies. This one doesn't. So you get a break from boobies. If you're if you've had your booby fill for the week, um yeah, you're good with this movie. Um, it's done sort of wholesome family setting um, with a bit of murder. Um, one thing we do get we do get very familiar with Space Treaty four five dash zero dash five dash two one. Um, <laughs> a lot of fun, and that's the thing. It's a 
while the main plot is the hunt for the monster, the side plot is who's the real monster in this. And I'll not spoil that. You know, that's that's kind of what goes along. And the scene gets kind of replayed with the Frankenstein monster thing, you know, when the see the monster, very clever. Um, I love the overacting. And it's on January because, like I'm saying, it's back into the, the stage acting sort of era. That's the way people had to perform, even for the cameras to pick up the sound. You had to talk, uh, act as if you're on a stage. Um, check out Little Shop of Horrors, the original 1960 version, and you'll see what I mean. Uh, that's an argued one. Still holds up. Still funny. Uh, yeah. Another thing that got me though was somebody would get taken out and people would go, ah, cry for about two seconds, and then next scene they're completely over it, just eh, okay. And there was even one scene in particular, it's like, ah, and then just stepped over the body and carried on. Like, okay, that's where we're at, that's funny. But played it straight, just brilliant. Um Definitely, um, I didn't get the whole Luma Patty romance. Um, I get why it was a plot device, but it was kind of just sort of you sort of went along with it. Um, sorry, it wasn't it wasn't horrendous. Um, it wasn't hundred percent sold, but it was done in that overacting kind of thing. You know, you meet somebody famous and you're oh, I'm in love. Was funny, but wasn't really. Uh, I don't know. I think Luma's character, um, and there's a bit where he jumped back into. I think I don't know whether it was done deliberately, but he he sort of jumped back into his American accent for a, a second, and then <clears throat> you know I don't know if that was done deliberately. If it was fair play, because the the kind of played that one straight, but. Yeah, that, that was kind of the weakest part of this movie, I think. Um, I think it would have been better if Patty had a convinced them of humanity with kindness or something. You know, that would have done rather than the sort of love story. I think maybe because of the time of the movie, it just seemed a bit too much, too quick. Um, where there was a there's an opportunity there, I think that uh, they could have done a Star Trek style. That's that's what I'll say. But had we done Star Trek style original series, obviously not the modern hateful shape, but with well, a question was posed and it was done in the series, but what if? Um I think Kirk did it better than Picard. Picard was more intellectual type of, you know, oh, this is the debating club sort of thing, where Kirk had more of a passion about him, about humanity and human race. And I think if that had been done, where Quasar was completely unreachable, Luma, not so much. I was, you know, open to suggestion. If that had been done rather than the love story, I think that would have fitted in a bit better for me anyway. And maybe something at the end, but not within 20 seconds of the, you know, being alone together and all of a sudden they're in love. It was a bit, uh, then again, I'm a 
Yeah, the intent, basically, um, and it says in the trailer as well, so not, it's, a, it's a prelude for an invasion force. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're surveying the planet in preparation for invasion while at the same time carrying the device that's going to wipe the planet out. You know, Supreme Commander of Corksar is, yeah, he, he, needs to, he needs to learn to delegate a bit better and utilize resources. That should have been two separate ships taking thing back but then the plot wouldn't have happened and that's the sort of stuff that threw together in fact they still do it but then look at a tv show freaking look at uh look at modern um sci-fi franchises with their plots they definitely throw stuff together to get those sticky notes go we'll do this we'll do that right there's your plot yeah um i don't want to leave the point too much like i said go watch it it's worth it it's um, it's good to see that someone's prepared to spend the time with modern technology and just leave all that to the side and put the effort into making this movie. And it wasn't wasn't difficult, right? Put it like this, it wasn't a difficult looking movie to make. They didn't go overboard trying to make it a spectacular, but it was enjoyable. And it fitted like I said, apart from the love thing, the love thing was a bit too much too fast. When they had time, you know I mean, they had time in this movie to do it. They could have had a bit more fun, like I said, playing with the intellectual side of things. And they could have done that in the 50s as well. Absolutely nothing wrong. Um, they, they did sort of touch it. Why do you hear us? And that, you know, it played, played a bit of it, so it was possible to do it. Um, that's my only real complaint. Not to do with the way I was playing or anything, just that, that that plot point just didn't fit well with me. But there's there's the fact that they were able to they could have cheated with us, they could have used CGI, they could have used a lot of modern devices and spray painted them over and stuff, but they didn't they, they did it in the whole I mean it looked difficult to make in terms of the props and stuff. Looks of effort went in, and they were thinking in that zone. So the, there was a challenge here to stay in the zone of the fifties to make this movie, and that's what I really appreciated about it. Um, yeah, so there you go. I'm glad I wasn't disappointed. I, w- I was nervous. I'm not lying. I was like, oh god, please don't be terrible. Please don't, please don't be something I hate because that's that's gonna be really awkward doing this review if I had been the case. <laughs> I'm not saying it won't happen. It's not going to happen, but you know, not every thing's going to be a blinder. You know, it'll be something that might be too fussed on. But I'm glad, glad I enjoyed this. Um, definitely worth the watch. Please check it out. Um, these are great guys and have lots of projects on the go. And this is what we need to do: rather than waste your money on companies who hate you. Absolutely, because there's um, there's the perfect example, even back then, of Hollywood hubris, of lazy executives giving a ton of money. There you go. We need you to do something. We don't care what it is. Just stick this label on it, and we'll pump it out. And the stupid people will buy it. These folks, <clears throat> crowdfunded, They'd probably come on to little tiny shows like me and talk to me about their projects. Um, 
they're happy to give me time of day support. They're happy to get, talk to anybody. <clears throat> they're also happy to work with authors, at least start the conversation about trying to bring some of their stories to life. Um, these are the sort of people that, what are, you, what are you paying, a couple of quid? You may as well, you can rent it. You don't have to buy it. You can rent it. And that all helps because it bumps them up the algorithm. It makes them more, you know, uh, more visible something gets. The more renowned their brand becomes, the easier it is for people then to, you know, oh, who are these guys? Oh, they did that. Oh, I like that. And it helps with future projects. And that's what it's all about. For the sake of a cup of coffee, you can watch, you know what I mean? You can support an indie movie. And it's not, you know, how much guff do you watch on TV? How much, how much time do you spend on the internet listening to it? It's like me. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> give it a go. It's not, you're not wasting your time. Um, yeah, if you do watch this, let me know, please. Leave it in the comments. Um, and obviously, as more projects come out, I'll I'll be keeping an eye on uh, as well as my normal reviews, uh, or sorry, well, other reviews, other movies. And starting and I talk to more independent directors, which is fun. So it means I'm having like a, a personal connection, if that makes sense. So that's going to be a challenge for me <clears throat> when I'm reviewing something to remain honest while uh, forming busy a bomb with the people that are, are doing it. So uh, here, it makes it more interesting and hopefully more for you because you know where I'm coming from then. <clears throat> um, and that's it. Um, hope you enjoyed the review. There you go. Keep up to date with the channel. Um, Pandy going on. I um, don't know what I'm doing tomorrow and Friday. I'm on Dragonlance's channel this weekend. I'll put a, I'll put a community tab up. We're uh, Cameron and I are doing another, and they, yeah, we're doing. Um, is it meeting vampires we're doing this weekend? I think we are. I think we're doing meeting vampires. So um, there's there's another independent director, um, and we panned his movie. <clears throat> the movie we watched, we absolutely panned it. And fair play to him. He's he accepted it for what it was, and he's like, well, check that stuff out, and so we will. I wasn't done, you know what I mean? You can you can be critical and not be nasty and still uh you just go the blank slate when you look at the next movie. And once if you see a pattern, obviously, then you can make a decision about uh directors or production uh companies, all that good stuff. But um in the end it's a it's a journey, you know. You never know what you're gonna get. Some good, some bad, some brilliant, some terrible. You no, know, that's half the fun of exploring. And once again, know why you like something, know why you don't. That's that's the main thing. Um, good. Sold. One customer. That's what I always say. If I can get one person to um, check out any of the contributing artists, I've done my job. Because that's one person that wasn't there before. So fair play to you, Chris. Please, in the comments, let us know um, what you thought of it. There you go, folks. So I'll leave it there. Uh, hope you enjoyed this. Uh, and until next time, keep it creepy. Keep it horrific.